Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. This is the podcast where me, Micah Macaw, and, and me, Jordan Macaw, go through franchises and we do it one movie at a time and we look at the overarching series and we decide what's good, what's bad, all of that jazz. And today we are in the Wizarding World. The series that shall not be named. We are in our ninth entry in this series. And today it's a doozy. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes, and this is the one where it all crumbles to the ground. The beginning of the end. <laughs> but really, not true, because the it's series not ended. End for a while, well, yeah. no, the series ended a movie ago. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, we, we shouldn't give our full opinions right off the bat, but, uh, woof, woof on this movie. And I'm not talking about a fantastic beast. I'm just saying woof to this one. Um, so let's dive into the production. Um, this movie is directed by David Yates. They brought him back again. He started, if you listen back to this whole series, he started on order of the Phoenix and kept directing till now. So by, the Peter Jackson of the series. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you think about it, so originally they had announced we're doing Fantastic Beasts, and everyone's like, oh, wow, that's cool, more Harry Potter. And then they go, it's going to be three movies. And they're like, wow, that's really cool. And well, no, then, well, yeah, we'll go through what my, I went through. but uh, and Okay. And then J.K. Rowling was like, actually, it's going to be five movies. Warner Brothers just said, and guess who's directing all five of them? David Yates. So by the time this thing is all said and done, he will have directed more movies in this universe than movies not directed by him in this movie series. Because he will have directed nine of them. Um, insane. T- walk me through your thought process. Because you are, you are a Harry Potter fanatic. Yeah, so Harry Potter is over. And it's like, great. Loved it. Loved how they wrapped it up. Movies just kept getting better and better and it ended on one of the best ones. Uh huh. And then not only that, but within definitely the last two parts, I was like, these movies look so good. They like, do. Who is this? And it's like, Oh, David Yates. Who's that? Cool. This guy's like really good. Mm-hmm. So then the series <laughs> ends and then they announce they're going to do a, a movie about Newt Scramander. And it's like, Oh, interesting. I'm not like against that, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. So like prequel stuff, but like so far prequel that they won't even mention Harry Potter, like interesting prequel stuff. Yeah. And, and it's like David Yates and it's like, well, I mean, what, what could be wrong about that? And then you find out that it's going to be th- three movies and then it's like, Oh, red flag. Okay. So you had a red flag right at three. Yeah. Cause even with th- them doing one about new, it's just kind of like fine. And I'm speaking to myself personally, not yeah. not to to how everyone feels. I'm just like when Harry Potter was over, I was done. Yeah, with Harry Potter, and like I because it was a complete story, content the the world still left me with like imagination. Like I yeah. got to imagine what I want. Sure, but now at, when they announce three movies, it's like oh, I don't get to imagine anything anymore. It's just yeah. going to be done for me, and so it's like three movies, fine, uh-huh. and then you find out. No, not three, five. And then I was like, cool. So JK Rowling's a huge sellout. I mean, I kind of thought that was three, but when the, when it was five, it was like, oh, brother, man. Seriously, lady? 
you really need to do five of them and it was like even when the cursed child came out i was just kind of like i don't care like i don't need it which real quick yeah uh cursed child um after we're done with this series on april 1st we're going to be doing a patreon exclusive episode where jordan and i are going to be talking about the cursed child our sorting houses and our patronuses oh it sounds like it's not april fools yeah and um and we're yeah we're gonna kind of go through the plot of that so if you're interested in that make sure and go to patreon.com slash micah mccaw and sign up cool keep going yeah so yeah when that came out too it was just like don't really care didn't really ask for it i remember because you and i you had kind of showed me harry potter and when that play script came out I was like, oh, are you going to, you know, be first in line or something like that? And you're like, no, I don't care. I don't even want to know what, I don't care what it's about. Because I was just like, I was content that like Harry, maybe for me, maybe all I care about in the wizarding world is Harry Potter. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me. And then for for other people, they need to know everything. They want to know everything about the world. That's the great thing about Pottermore, which I did for a while and I enjoyed. But then I did get to a point where I'm like, I'm done with it. And Pottermore is like the fan site, right? And she's on it, right? She like... Well, like so, like like you could read backstories on everyone yeah. on that website, which is cool to a degree. Like I remember learning cool things like Professor McGonagall was like a, a crazy good um, Quidditch athlete back then mm-hmm. and it's like that's fun to, to find little little yeah, tiny yeah. things like that it's like wikipedia pretty as pretty much yeah like, but it's interactive oh, okay because cool. you're like playing um but yeah so then they announced five movies and it's just like cool i now i have a hard time just like being a fan of jk rowling at this point yeah and i think it was around that time i found that out that like she came out with the her first adult book a casual vacancy um which okay. i was really excited about that and i bought that and it is sitting on our bookshelf half read for the past six years or so Whoa. um i think part of it was just because it, i wasn't the right mind frame to Jordan, read it put the no, gun no, down no. put the gun down you <laughs> just, don't have to point I it think at me that i wasn't yeah i just think i would rather have read stephen king because i was probably getting into stephen king yeah, at that point yeah. <laughs> um but then again it was a little boring um anyway I, now i'm just ranting Okay, well, I'll, I will come back in. So um, <clears throat> I do disagree a little bit with your take of her wanting to, like, selling out. I don't know that this is a sellout. I think this is more, and this is not a unique take, but it's more the George Lucas thing. And um, even to, I, I'm trying to think of someone else who's kind of done this too. It's like someone going, oh my gosh, everybody loves me. I'm in this position now. Like, I can tell these stories and I can go even deeper and I can continue this feeling instead of moving on and giving it I to the so fans. I think so too. I, yeah, I think that it's like, cool, I, her thinking I could, I have the power and like it, the power has been given to, given to me happily by people yeah. to explore this world further because it's my creative vision. Cool. But, Hardly oh, anyone will ever get that in their life. Tim Burton has it, had it since day one. It probably should have been taken away from him <laughs> more often. Um, but... I, I think that... By the way, we're big Tim Burton fans. We're not a fan of when he doesn't have restraints. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to that someday. I don't yeah. know how. But um, what am I saying, though? She... I, I Part of me kind of wonders, and I know this isn't like a really nice thing to say, but I kind of wonder if Harry Potter was it for her. Sure. And then it's yeah. like, oh, crap. Not everyone can be J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. And, and like... 
because he, he did that. He like expanded Middle Earth. You can read history sure, books sure. on oh, it. Oh, okay. I see he created a now. language. You know, it's like he he did everything for it. But you know, he is he's an exception to everything. Yeah. When it but comes, I would th- I think to a degree she has done that. And I yeah I think so too. Yeah. Wonderful world bu- world building. But I I think that it's um uh just exploiting the world at this point. That's how yeah. it feels. I wish I and overindulging. Yeah. I, I get I get wanting to fill in all the details and stuff, but but there is something I think and I think this is maybe just a product of where we're at with franchises and stories where every little thing has to be explained. It's yep. it's like the I think it's a product of that too. Yeah, it's like the solo thing that yeah. we've talked about. A movie that I think is fine and it's really fun, but it's like I never wanted to know how he got his last name. Most people don't have a story attributed to that. I don't care. Or in this movie hogwash what's that oh hogwarts is the best wizarding and witchcraft school of all of, of the world like, like no the one in america is way better yeah. and it's like well i never no one's asking for <laughs> no one's asking for that and mike and i think it, i mean we had done it previously in this movie we were just screaming at the at the tv like no yeah. no you don't do that and and i just i think like, what I would want from this universe, which I think you could have done with the Newt Scamander character, is I want, like, a, a Mad Max type of approach to the rest of Harry Potter, where it's not this bigger thing leading up to the bigger thing. Because we already had the event of this universe, which is Harry Potter. I want, like, a movie of Newt, and he's got to find Bigfoot. Do you mean Mad Max because each movie is pretty self-contained? Because it's like a serial. It's yeah. like, they're not yeah. really connected, but they are. Yeah. There are the same world, and there's connections. But I would want something like that. I don't want like a series. No, you know. You, I mean, you, you. I wish you could be in the room with all those people at the time you had the idea of they should have done a TV show. And yes, not which movies. I want to save that. I want to okay. save that. Um, I, I think I'm gonna do my rant about prequels, and I will do my rant about that pitch in our next episode. Yeah. If the movie is as bad as I'm assuming that it is. Yeah. Let me get back to the production notes. Okay. This is great, though. Um, we're going to finally win the golden potty for this award. <laughs> for um, this award? For this episode. Episode. Uh, so it is once again produced by David Heyman. And this time, J.K. Rowling gets a producing credit. Cool. Which I think she got in both Deathly Hallows okay. movies. Um, and then Steve Clovis is one of the producers, but not writer. Um, Lionel Wigram, who um, was an executive producer on all the David Yates um, P- Harry Potters. And he was um, uh, a producer on the new Sherlock movies with um, uh, Robert, Downey Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah. So this movie is written by... No one should say newer Sherlock Holmes movies anymore. We all know what people are talking about. Well, but there's there's the show and... Yeah, but you said movies. Oh, yeah. But there, I mean, there was a Sherlock movie with um, Ian McKellen like a year or two ago where it was like old Sherlock Holmes. Do you think anyone knows that that exists? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the look on your face, no one does. Um... So then it is written by J.K. Rowling. So this is her first script um, write uh, uh, credit, writing yeah. credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And should we jump off on that a little bit? Because I have some thoughts about that. Her writing the script? Yeah. If you, What do you have? Okay, so I think this is part of the overarching problem is she is a novelist, and some novelists can make can go back and forth. Julian um, Flynn? Yeah, that's a great example. Um, with Gone Girl, um, yeah. Uh, just in case the listener, yeah. I know you know, but yeah. um, 
But I think that this movie's so bogged down in like details and building, and I think a better writer would have got her treatment and been like, "Why are we doing this this thing? Let's like let's like scrap this part." Or like someone maybe could have had some X's to throw into the script instead of like Joe Rowling, the master of everything, because that's how everyone talks about it. All the interviews I watch, everyone's like. Joe Rowling, she came up with something else and you guys are going to love it. I wonder why the Clovis guy couldn't do it or didn't. Or I wonder if they wanted her to be the one who did the script and they also fought for her to only have the only credit. I think and that's I, what and happened. He, and he like um, was a, was a, probably a consultant in some ways on on the script. I mean, I how, he how, wasn't. She, you I don't think, think so? I, think I don't she see is how just, he couldn't be. I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to bash her, but I, I, I think she's just like... No, I finally get to write the script. Okay, I'm writing the script. And she's a producer now, too. So I think she's, like, just doing it. And people are like, okay. Because no. especially once if you, you throw see, the producer thing on it, too. Yeah, when you see the interviews, everyone's just, like, they're just short of, like, bowing to her. Um, also, another weird thing is uh, um, David Yates, he's just so serious in the interviews for these movies. And like I, Tom Tom Hardy serious? In that realm. No, not quite. But, he, you know, it's just, like, in this movie... We really want to dive into this. And the only person having fun is like some of the supporting cast. And, and Warwick Eddie, Davis, who's not even in it. And Eddie Redmayne. He's having fun in the interviews. Oh, that's good. But um, everyone else, like all the producers and stuff are like, we wanted to make sure we honored. They're not, like even in old interviews, they were like, oh, it's Harry Potter. This is fun. And they're laughing. But in this, they're like, this is serious. This whimsical story is serious. Why, you know what they could have done too, like Let's with, hear it. with you know, one they shouldn't make it a big thing. If they're they feel they need to do a movie, light adventure, which we have already discussed. Don't try and outdo Harry Potter. Also, just do Sorcerer's Stone and Chambers of Secrets, like like the essence of yeah, like the like just make another children's movie. Yeah, because because it got it got mature and it got serious and that's cool. Like it, but, the story went Jordan, there. It has to be dark, don't you know? It has to be a little bit twisted, okay? So dark that there's a scene that Colin Farrell and Ezra Miller share in an alleyway, and you can't see either of their faces. <laughs> that kind but of not dark. in an artistic way. In no. a, in a, we put the washed-out concrete effect convey, on this movie. Uh, you're not supposed to know what's going on. That's what it conveys. And it's like, I actually just can't see a darn thing on the TV screen. I hope that we're not turning everybody off, but hopefully these are valuable opinions. And... As always, if you disagree with us, that's okay. That's the beauty of movies, yep. and I'd we can talk about it. Yeah, and we don't have to convince each other. Okay, so music is by James Newton Howard, who did Disney's Dinosaur, Disney's Treasure Planet. Oh, Dinosaur! He's, what a good movie. <laughs> he's um frequent M Night Shyamalan uh guy. He did Signs and Split, and I think he did Glass and Unbreakable. He's, I think he's done most all, if not all, of his movies, except maybe his first, like, two before uh, Sixth Sense. Um, and then he also did Batman Begins, and he, um, him and Hans Zimmer did Dark Knight. Most people forget that he was involved, and they both composed that movie. Um, and he's doing the Jungle Cruise movie. Hans Zimmer? No, no, this guy, James oh, Newton sorry. Howard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, cinematography is by Philippe Ruzalat. He did A River Runs Through It, Remember the Titans, um, Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton movie, Big Fish, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Sher this is the cinematography? Yeah. Sherlock Holmes, the new movies, or the movies. Okay. <laughs> um, it's distributed by Warner Brothers and Heyday Pictures. It's distributed, or I mean produced by, it's distributed by Warner Brothers, 
And the movie comes out November 18th, 2016, uh, just a couple of months after Suicide Squad rocked the world. Oh, really? It's mm-hmm. the same year? Yeah. Um, and this is the height of... I did not of, see this in theaters, though. I saw this, like, over a year after it came out. Yeah. And this this is the height of dark movies. Because I think they're starting to get a little better at, like, make oh, we can have some fun. But... Yeah. Because remember how dour that was? We can't get into that right now. Uh, the budget of this movie is 175 to $200 million, somewhere in there. And, listener, I really want you to pay attention to this number because it's going to be very important in our next episode on the crimes of Grindelwald. The movie domestically makes 234,000 I'm sorry, let me start over. 234,037,515 and worldwide the movie makes 814 million dollars, 37,575 dollars. So that's all of that. Do, Do you, you think wanna- they they underperformed? No, this is this is good, especially okay. for a first because it's a reset it, yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, wink, it's the next phase, if you will. Wink, wink. The next movie has a huge drop off, which I have some thoughts Does about. Does it have a bigger budget by what? a lot? I don't think the budget's that much bigger. Okay, it it drops a good two hundred million. I'll put it that way, um, which is not super great. And I remember the conversation was like, ooh. So we have some thoughts on that, but we're gonna say that for another time. Um. So she wrote in 2001, J.K. Rowling wrote a textbook, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, we have it. We have have some textbooks over there. And it was for like a charity. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't, I I know we have Fantastic Beasts. We have two other ones. Oh, that's kind of cool. It might be the Beetle and Bard as well, which is the Deathly Hallows. Oh. You should see them. Have you never seen them? It's like really well packaged. I think I've just never looked. It's like felt covers. Cool. Not felt. It's like monsters inside. Covering. It's so nice. I've um, never read it. <laughs> and I'm I'm almost done, Jordan, and then you can jump in. Um it, so it was announced 2013, they filmed it in 2015, and then in 2016 they announced that it's going to be 5, just to keep a timetable. And it was nominated for best production design and it wins best costume design. It's a pretty standard costume win, I think. Yeah. The costumes are good in this movie. I'm not going to deny that. It's almost like a default win. Like I wonder what else was up that year. And if it was like, oh, yeah, sure, <laughs> this one wins. <laughs> yeah. Um, so take it away. Okay. So tell us about these actors. We have Eddie Redmayne, um, who plays Newt Scamander. He is Marius and Les Mis. He plays Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything. He's Lily. I think he is the titular Danish girl. Um, he's also in Jupiter Ascending, recently the, of last year, The Aeronauts. He has been, he has starred in two movies with Felicity Jones. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. The Aeronauts movie looked unbelievably boring. Oh, did me. it? I yeah. never saw a trailer we, or anything. The place where we, they did like, like the audiobook for it and stuff. So it was like a big right, push. Right, right. And just seeing the movie poster and it's about, I'm assuming the guy who made hot air balloons. Okay. Not, I'm not very interested I in mean, that. I mean, that sounds cool, but. Yeah, cool to a, not movie cool. <laughs> like maybe I would listen to the audiobook. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he is also in... That was such a good... You're so right. When you said that, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather listen to a book about it. Um, those... Oh, yeah. The first thing I ever saw Eddie Redmayne in was Pillars of the Earth. He looks kind of That's based on a book. Um, it's not that... I don't know. Not on IMDb, it's not. Oh, okay. Are you thinking of... No, you're thinking of something else. (gasps) Guess who else is in the show? 
Tom from what Succession, show? Pillars of the Earth. Oh, <gasps> oh, cool. I just love finding Tom at other things that I've seen, and I didn't know it. Yeah. Everyone watch Succession and feel bad for Tom. Or else. Um. Okay, yeah, so that's that's Eddie Redmayne. By the way, I love seeing you on your phone right now because uh, I got Jordan for... Uh, a, a, a quote bad birthday gift because we give each other bad gifts every year in, in addition to the good gifts a picture of it's a sticker of scott ackerman on a hoagie no a bon me sandwich, a bon me sandwich. and it's very funny seeing you just looking very at well him painted. while you're talking <laughs> um okay and then we have katherine waterston who plays tina did not know that was her name in the movie um she is an alien covenant boo okay. um she is also an inherent vice um she is in mid 90s is she the mom? I think maybe. Yeah, she's she's totally the mom. Um, do we do we cover Alien at some point? Yeah, we will. we have to. That's a good. Unfortunately, series we to have cover. to. Not a good series, but she's in Logan Lucky. Don't remember that, but oh. also I've only seen the movie once, and the movie rocked. That is a good movie. She's in Steve Jobs. She plays um, really the mother of his child. She plays okay, so maybe child. I do like her. It's, here's the thing, though. This is what we're talking about. I don't like. Well, I'll speak for myself. She's not a bad actress. I don't think she has it, though. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, am mostly annoyed by her, but for no reason. So we we talked about this as we were watching that it it feels like um like when she's delivering lines, and I feel this way about Alien Covenant as well. Um, there's like nothing behind the eyes. There's not that like Bill Murray depression or the I, I don't know, like the manic craziness of Leo behind his eyes. It's just, it just seems like she's acting. It doesn't feel like she's in it. I feel like she is going to be Jennifer Jason Lee in 20 years. Okay. I'm just seeing picture. I'm just going through her pictures and it's like, <laughs> I think it'll be, I think there will be, a, and it still has not happened yet. Yeah. Um, she will be in a movie by an incredible director. Of course, she's already been in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah arguably his worst one and worse i'm not saying is a bad movie but yeah. when you compare it to all of his movies it is it's the it lowest one <laughs> um but she's gonna like do this acting job whatever the role is and it's just gonna be like like jennifer jason lee and hateful eight we're gonna and be, just like, be like Whoa. she gave it her all yeah and i'm not arguing that she doesn't do it in all the other movies she's in but she really gave it her all in this movie yeah i think we Although, have yet to see that role i just just for i think I don't think our kind of experience with Jason Jennifer Lee is Jennifer Jason Lee is is very typical. I think it's more of a hot take of ours. Yeah, no, I know because every time I hear or it's like announced that she's in a movie, like even my parents are like, "Oh, Jennifer Jason Lee's in it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> we knew about her. I didn't know about her until Hateful Eight. Yeah, and then she started popping up in everything. <laughs> okay, next we have Allison Sudol who plays Queenie. Um, the sex like, symbol of the movie. Oh, she okay. is in Dan in real life. Uh, admission. Uh, I think she's a singer because she has a lot of soundtrack credits and performance credits. Uh, mostly that more than acting. She even, she has a writing credit on the voice in Denmark, a writing credit. <laughs> yeah. I, I think she's a, a singer before an mm -hmm. actress. Um, and then we have Dan Fogler who plays Jacob Kowalski. Who is also, might I add, the MVP of the player yeah. of the movie. And I wish that everyone had the energy that he had. Because he's fun in this movie. And I like that he's kind of like 
there's a little like slapstick kind of fun humor with him. Um, I like when the movie has fun in short. When it doesn't have fun, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, you look very confused. No, What's I'm going just, on? I'm just, I'm just looking. Um, so he is in Balls of Fury. Apparently, oh, apparently he is in the Goldbergs, like in it. Oh, okay. Because it says 2013 to 2019, but I'll let's see the picture. He's not in the title picture, but he must be a, a reoccurring. He must be like Cousin Goldberg or yeah. something. Or maybe Cousin um, Silverberg. He's in We Are the Walking Dead. I'm sorry. Um, we Are the Walking that's Dead? That's the spinoff show. There's another one? That's the one with Tom Riddle in it. Oh, <laughs> also, wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about Fear of the Walking Dead? Oh, I read the poster. That says we are the walking dead, but it's the walking dead. He's in the walking dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, sorry. Way. I just read, I read the poster instead of the thing. He's in it for two seasons. Wow. That's why he hasn't been around very often. I feel like within that time frame, cause yeah. it's like, I saw, I remember seeing balls of fury and I'm like, this guy's hilarious. Where <laughs> is he? And he's just not in a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of TV shows. He's him and Redmayne are my only hopes for fantastic beasts after seeing the first movie. Him more than Redmayne for me. But yeah, we'll but get into it. Redmayne is keyed in in this movie. He is doing great, I think. I have some opinions. Okay. But opinions that I'm not going to totally flesh out. Okay. We have Colin Farrell, who plays Graves. He is in a lot of movies. He is... Oh, I hate... Oh, he is Irish. He is Irish. not Scottish. Okay. I think I always say Scottish, Irish. Yes. Um, He's in The Lobster. He's in In Bruges. He's in Seven Psychopaths. We should rewatch the movie sometime. Yeah, that's we a should. good movie. Dumbo, The Gentleman, a upcoming movie by Guy Ritchie. It's already out. It's been out. Guy for, Ritchie. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, Widows. Oh, oh yeah. he was so, good, so in Widows. good in Widows. He's in The Killing of a Sacred Deer, a movie that I really want to watch, but I don't think I ever will. Yeah. Um, True Detective season two. He's in Miami Vice. Can I throw that one out there? Is that where you got to start? Like no, the show? he's been acting before. No, no, the movie, Michael Mann movie. Oh, okay. Um, horrible Bosses. Oh my gosh. He's Crazy Heart. Fantastic and Horrible Boss. Do you remember him in Horrible Bosses? Who Who is he? He's like a guy that is bald and does like a slicked over hair. <laughs> he's and the is Tom always, Cruise he's of like, that comedy. <laughs> of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah. He's always snorting cocaine and stuff. Yeah. And he's gross. Yeah, he's gross. Do you see this? Do you ever look at... When you come across this movie poster, Crazy Heart, with Jeff Bridges, yeah. do you always immediately think of Into the Furnace with Christian Bale? Because oh, I always think of I that. I don't, but I see it, you know. And now I, I'll never unsee it. I gotta see, I gotta see. Into the Furnace. Well, because that one, Bale's got the gun, and it's oh, pointed down. Oh, they even came out in the same year. I just thought, like, maybe they came out in the same year. They did, or they did They did not. Four years between them. No, we're never gonna get through the actors. <laughs> Um, okay, that's Colin Farrell. Who and I'm sticking to it. Let me say, I think Colin Farrell does a good job in this movie. I don't like what he has to do. I don't think he has much to do, but when he is on the screen, he does his job well. Yeah, but I just love him. I liked him in Dumbo, and I did not like Dumbo. You know, he's yeah. just always good. He's hard not to like. Yeah. Um, I think it's because he looks like Darren Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> just a face you can trust. <laughs> Okay, um, next we have Ezra Miller, who plays Credence uh, uh, Revival. Um, Cre oh. Yeah, Credence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Um, okay. We, we could just call him CCR from here on okay. out. Okay. <laughs> um, 
He is in Perks of Being a Wallflower. We need to talk about Kevin. You need to watch. We need to talk about Kevin. (laughs) Uh, We need to talk about Kevin, and you need to watch it. He's also in Justice League, Batman v Superman. He's the Flash, guys. Um, He's in such a weird position because... He is. I mean, this is my experience with Ezra Miller. He's in Trainwreck. Oh, gross. Yeah, he's in Trainwreck. Um, Oh, yeah, he's also in the Stanford Prison Experiment. Oh, he's good. So I feel like this is the trajectory that Ezra Miller's going. Okay, kick it. Breakout role, Perks of Wang Wallflower. Yeah. So good in that movie. So good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's great in that movie. Probably the best performance in that movie. Yeah, I would probably argue that too. Um, And so it's like, cool, who's this guy? Like, he's young. He's got so much mileage ahead of him. And then he's in, you know, okay, wait, let's see. Stanford's Prison Experiment, 2015. It's like a couple years later. Another indie film. Even yeah. more indie than that one. And it's like, cool. He's doing an exper- more experimental stuff. Like, he might be an experimental guy. My, w- w- recommend to the listener that movie. Yes. It's really good. And I should say, even before both of those movies, we need to talk about Kevin, which is the, probably the biggest indie movie that he did. And that's the Lynn Ramsey movie? Um, who did um, the um, movie, uh, You Were Never Really Here? Yes. Okay. Just double check that unbelievably crazy movie is he the titular kevin he is and people do not watch that movie if you are feeling sad or blue or you're easily going to be freaked out because it is not for the faint of heart so maybe i'll watch it next but it is a dang good (laughs) movie it is like i don't think i could watch it anymore so the couple years ago that i did watch it i think that was it for me sure um that's and kind then, of how you never, you were never really here is as well. Yeah. Although I would watch that again, but I think I would I watch would... that again over this one. This one is like crazy disturbing. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm disturbed just thinking things. about it. So then, then he's in train wreck, very small role, but it's like, okay, fine comedy. He, he's got to yeah. go mainstream yeah. at some point. And then he's in, he becomes the flash in the DC universe. Yes. And even, I guess before that, he, was in Fantastic Beasts. Now, are you talking about the DCEU, the D, the DC Comics Extended Universe? Yes. <laughs> so then you're kind of like, oh, buddy. Yeah. It was nice knowing you. That's how it feels. I hope he can bounce back someday because he's also in this uh, this Harry Potter movie. Not Harry, you know, he's in this movie that we're talking about today. And it's like, ooh, yeah. buddy. Anyway, we're talking way too long about him. And it's just weird that they put a a famously American band and they personified him as one person in this movie before they were even a band. I just suggest you don't try. (laughs) Am I missing anyone? Um, Carmen Ajogo, who who plays Serafina Piquiri. Come on. Can people just have normal names every once in a while in this series? I mean, the main character's name is Harry Potter. Well, she, Credence is pretty normal. It's not normal, but Credence it's like... Credence is a in, good choice in terms of, like, culty... Although the thing that sucks about it is because of Credence Clearwater Revival, it does sound... Oh, wait, they're in America. Never mind. Well, I forgot they were in America. I was going to say it sounds very American. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is, like, the the American Minister of Magic. Okay, yeah, let's Selma. let's skip her. Let's get into the movie. It comes at night. <laughs> Oh, it comes in. Oh, okay. she plays the in True Detective season three. That's what I'm recognizing her from. Plays She's the, wife. the wife. Oh, okay. Okay, now I'm I'm done. Okay. Um. So here is this movie. It opens. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. Also, John Voice in this movie. 
Oh yeah. But I don't. Come we'll on, get to it when we get. Mission to Impossible him. One. Does it, do we need anything else? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And uh, Super Baby Geniuses or whatever. Um. So, movie starts and we hear. And I think, okay, I hope you don't lean on this theme because it's not Harry Potter. And they don't. No. They're, they're just trying to be like, remember? Yeah. And then you go, okay. And then this cool, this really cool theme for Fantastic Beasts that I thought was in an odd tempo, but I think it's just 4-4. But it's it's kind of the skippy, weird kind of feel, and it's very cool. And I was like, okay, maybe my whole brain is going to be changed. But then immediately we see this guy with blonde hair and he has a wand and i think he like shoots down somebody no he like kills like four people yeah and it's like intense and then it pans away and i'm like okay really that's how we're starting it because it's i hate that i hate that so much this is a new (laughs) this is phase two of this universe we mm-hmm. have to we have to look at it like that because that's how they want us to yeah there's a new new phase in this universe and we just got done with the biggest storyline in the universe harry potter mm-hmm. you would think that they would just start it off with there's new and he's funny and quirky and well, cute that's the thing because the next scene is newt being quirky and like getting to america and i'm like why isn't this the first thing in the that movie? That is the start of the movie. But it's because they have, now they have five of them. Yeah. They have to set up these things. And you're just, by the end of this movie, you're like, oh, there's four more movies yeah. that are going to be like setting things up like this I, to make me feel like I need to care about it as much as Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. I And it's all like, think back to Harry Potter one. It opens with a child being brought to a home. A lot of mystery. And you're like, oh, this is kind of wild and kind of intense. But it doesn't open with Harry's parents getting murdered. No. You know? The, the, the reason it, like, been there, done, like, it was, it's done. That's in the past. Yeah. The, the rest of the series is him dwelling and, like, processing that. I'm getting worked up. And you know why? Because I got the Harry Potter bug. So now this feels like a personal attack to me. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't. It's okay. I'm choosing to believe that this doesn't exist. Um, so then... Axe so the intro and just start with Newt. He gets off the boat. And, and I like the mannerisms he's doing. He's got a suitcase. They're paying extra attention to it. And you're like, okay, this is yeah, obviously he's, he's like... he's quiet. He he's, is a little suspicious character, but it's like, oh, he's just... He's, he's like a there, little aloof. There's Newt. He's just in his head all the time, wondering about creatures. Like, I'd say he plays it pretty well. I, th- I, I think like him a lot the in movie, this movie committed to that... Yeah. It would not be that annoying to me because it's a little annoying to me because I think I, I'm struggling this whole time with what am I supposed to be caring about? Yeah. This guy who's just like cute and weird. And by cute, I mean like like quirky fun mm-hmm. or this amorphous blob that's tearing <laughs> apart a city. I, I don't know. Therefore, I'm a little annoyed by what he's doing, yeah. even though he's not doing a bad job. Yeah. I, I'm into his all of his acting choices. I like the way he holds his mouth kind of weird and he's he's always kind of not really making eye contact thing. with people. Yeah. And and it just kind of gets across that of you, you just right away are like, of course, this is the guy who looks after animals and doesn't like to be around people. Yeah. It just makes sense. Which has always been a thing the Harry Potter series has been good at. You kind of see someone and you're like, okay, I get it. Like a Draco or something. Yeah. Um so then um Love his outfit too. Great outfit. He's got a great outfit. Um, unfortunately, like I said earlier, the movie, they, they clicked and dragged the, the phase two concrete 
the Phase 2 MCU concrete filter onto this movie. So the whole movie looks washed out and gray, but not in a Order of the Phoenix cool gray, in a, oh, this is an ugly-looking movie, and, and it shouldn't be. as those reviews by David Sims and David... Ehrlich. Ehrlich had, I think, both of them touched yeah. on this. Um, Hogwarts was not just a place that was a character. Do you want me to read? I was planning on reading those. Yeah, I guess just read them. Okay. Um, so since we don't have Ebert anymore, I wanted to go to two of my favorite film critics. So this is David Ehrlich of, um, I think, Variety. And he said, there are all sorts of issues with this movie, which pales in comparison to even the first two Harry Potter films. But rather than grouse about the clumsy nodding of the various plot threads or how Newt Scamander is a nothing character or how the Fantastic Beasts are all like the dullest of Digimons, except for the kleptomaniac platypus, I just want to whine about the devastatingly poor use of CG. We become so concerned about how this stuff looks that we tend not to look about to think about the value of what it does. And its application here is gruesome. This old-timey New York City is a sterile, hollow, hellhole of copy-and-pasted buildings. Every scene feels empty, even when the streets are crowded with life. And is the villain a generic floating CG cloud? Of course the villain is a generic floating CG cloud. There's no sense of tactile physical reality to this movie. I'm <laughs> There's no physical tactile reality to this movie. That's amazing. Uh, Hogwarts felt like a real place. This feels like a half-sketched memory, and that feeling is hardly contained to the visuals. That's devastatingly true. And then David Sim said, who does a uh, film critic for The Atlantic, he said, um, the rest of this movie is a mess, and it presupposes deep knowledge and affection for Potter lore, which is a trick many franchises pull these days, but that doesn't make it any more forgivable. Don't make your enemy a cloud. Don't repeat plot twists from your previous stories. Give your main female character a proper character arc rather than unfolding her backstory in a muddy 30-second flashback. And for crying out loud, why is your color palette for this one pale limestone? And thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, well, you know what they should have done, too? And I, I, I have five ideas yeah, for I what guess. they should have done, but, but an, another option, another option. And I feel like it is so obvious. Mm -hmm. Why are, are we having another man be the lead? Oh my like, gosh. Like Harry, yeah. Harry's a boy. Like, I, you know, whatever. But like, why do we have to have another male as a lead for this? You're so right. <laughs> why couldn't we have a girl? You've done the male and it was wonderful and great. Let's represent the females. But at the same time, it's kind of good they didn't because this is not very good and it would have kind of sucked for girls. Yeah, yeah. But because then it wouldn't have done like, well, no, it did. It would have done well either way. That's sorry. Yeah. Delete that point. But yeah, Micah, you, you, you yeah, yeah. Uh, Just a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So let's kind of breeze through the plot because I think we're we've kind of covered like the things about this. So, movie. So he is in America. He, he has come to America with his briefcase. His briefcase is full of creatures. At some point, some of the creatures escape. How is that not going to happen? That is so fun. Yeah. And like a third of the movie is spent on it. And it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. You just covered and what I was. That, that's the cool. That's the stuff I love about the yeah, movie. Niffler is so cool and like beautifully animated. Yeah. Like, like the texture is all there. Most of the creatures look really good. Very fun. Um, very well designed. Most of the um, animation is very very well done yeah which is great because this movie is uh five years old now yeah so it still looks really good only for that 
not the other stuff that we were talking about. Right, right. Um, so we find out early on, there's this lady who's like convinced that there are witches. So it's basically a Salem witch, tri- witch trial. And you're kind of like, do I need to hold on to this? I guess not. Until they, we come back to them and it's like, oh, I guess we do need to hold on to this. And um, I want to just express that I hate this storyline. I think it's really underwritten and it's not the same movie this is no, two different not. movies and what's what sucks is i'm kind of interested in exploring that yeah and and i think not just not because they did a good job but just like presented an idea of say like the salem witch trials how were these how were wizards and witches affected by it yeah back then during that time um but then again i would rather i would so much rather we would just be about newt Finding, yeah. finding his creatures so he well, and if you did a serialized thing you could do newt you could do salem witch trials mm-hmm. you could do and they don't have to like, like connect they, you don't have to be the marvel universe no you don't have to no go ahead i'm sorry then then he uh newt runs into kowalski who was at the bank to get a loan um they switch briefcases this is all fun stuff fun stuff so at this whole time um tina i forget the actress's name but the weird looking one, um, Tina, and I don't, that's mean. I know that's mean what I just said. I just don't like her costume or haircut in this movie. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Her like haircut, weird. It, I just don't, I'm not a fan of like anything that she's, that they put her in. And yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not definitely not saying make her look like her sister because her sister, like no woman in the twenties is wearing what she wears. Um, I'm really getting lost here. Okay. She's following Newt, suspicion that he is a wizard practicing magic out in, out in the open. Um, so she's following him around. Oh, that could be a fun thing to explore. Yeah. So she arrests him, and then um, Kowalski takes Newt's briefcase back home. Creatures come out. He gets, like, bitten by something. Mm-hmm. All this to say, we find out Tina used to be an aura, and now she's not. She's on bad terms with the, mini- with the American ministry. I'm into that, exploring that. Now, let me hop in real quick. Okay. This is what David Sims was talking about, though. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, they're throwing around the word Aurora. I don't know what that is. I I still don't even know what the word is. They've said it in Harry Potter. No, I know. But this, like he said, it's like, it's not... It's not like slowly introducing you to like, here's the American way it's done. They're just like, oh, you remember everything, right? And they just throw you into it. Well, what's weird is... And I think it's poorly written in that way. They like... So... They muggles in America are called no mages, which I hate. And how, if they're going to change that, how come they're calling orers orers still? Like, how come they're not <laughs> yeah, making yeah, a new yeah. vocabulary that's going to make people remember better? Yeah. Or just like make it their own because clearly they want to make it their own. And yeah. clearly it is so far missed on every account. So you find. I'm, I'm not saying you have to explain everything. No, I know. But, yeah. So she used to be like a detective and now she's not. Yeah. I am interested in exploring that. Yeah. They only explore it in that 30 second murky pool water scene of why she's not Which anymore. I don't, I didn't even understand that I'll scene. explain it when we get to it because I finally understood it this time, but before that I just didn't even care because it was the second time I've seen this movie. Yeah, I didn't know um, what was going on. So she arrests him, but they don't really respect her so she can't really do anything about it, I guess. Uh-huh. So they go to, and find Kowalski um, and he can't be obliviated just yet because he needs to be healed. So he travels See, around with them for the rest of the movie. And I, I, you're doing great, by the way, just plowing through the plot. But this whole thing about him not being able to be obliviated makes zero sense. Yeah. In the past, they just do it whenever they want to. Yeah. She's breaking her rules for the plot's sake. Yeah. What would be better is if 
if Newt was just like, I don't believe in obliviation. I don't want you to obliviate him. You have to obliviate me too. Or something like that. Yeah. Like just do do something that like would maybe show us some more of his character and then not break the rules of her own universe. Because yeah. they just do that willy-nilly in the previous... Not willy-nilly, but you know. And the, this whole time, the American wizards are obsessed with keeping their identity hush-hush because they're so terrified of a war breaking out. If yeah. if muggles discover that there are witches and wizards living among them. Among them. And that's a that's like why she's obsessed with obliviating like obliviating people and all this stuff and it's like i understand that they chose to set this movie in new york city i understand that that's difficult i love this because because in harry potter they set it in the wizarding world yeah so we didn't even have to think about it of course there were tiny little instances of that affecting the the muggle world yeah like the flying car why couldn't this just be set in the american wizarding world yeah. And in some capacity, in some why capacity. It, why couldn't it be like Newt Scamander goes to Lake Michigan because he heard that there's a Loch Ness type monster there? That's the movie. Love that so That's much. off the top of my head. Yeah. And, and I that's feel a like better it's, movie. That has to be set in New York City because it's New York City. And New well, York City gets everything and Marvel takes place in New York City. And we have to, we just are obsessed with seeing <laughs> it destroyed. Yeah. What is that? What is, I mean, I get it with Marvel. And I'm not saying that this is like kudos to them or anything, but it's like like comic books. They, they, all those heroes were in New York. Okay, um, you kind of skip past yeah. that. But this this world has not led up to something like this. The world that J.K. Rowling gave us, that she's taking away from us, um, <laughs> is is not a world that has these type like these things don't happen. And I know that the plot. And stuff that breaks her own universe again is going to allow it for people not to have seen that New York was destroyed. But it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said when we were watching it and what you were just saying is it's like, oh, cool. We're seeing New York get destroyed again. And, yeah. not, e- and not even like, oh, you know, Marvel, you see it and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. This is like, oh, they're doing it in Harry Potter now? They're destroying New York? Why? Yeah. Because what is the reason that they needed to do it? Because there were no consequences to New York well, being then, destroyed. And then it's like, you know, the, we're now we're at the end of the movie, but New York City is being destroyed by an amorphous blob. Mm-hmm. And, and we're like, oh, dang, the muggles are going to find out and there's going to be a war. And when the city is basically half destroyed already, the Minister of Magic, she's finally like, oh, we're going to risk exposure. I think they've already risked it by blowing up the first building and continuing to blow up others. And then by the end of the movie, it's like, well, I guess you're out like your secrets out. Like now you gotta, you gotta learn to, to like make it work. Which like guess what? In harmony. If this took place after Harry Potter, you could just commit to that, and this and it would have actual stakes. Yeah, and this is an example of a bad duex machina. By the end of the movie? Oh, yeah. Because, well, so, like, earlier in the movie, he's using this pot. He's, like, tr- extracting something from this creature. You're talking he, about Newt. Yeah, and he, he's like, I think it could have certain he, certain properties if di- properly diluted. A throwaway line. Throwaway that line. we're supposed to remember. So throwaway. Throwaway. And then we're at the end of the movie, and he takes that same vial out and gives it to this giant bird thing and is like, make it rain, pretty much. And <laughs> the, the, the thing cre- we- makes rain, and it obliviates the entire city of New York. The entire... Yeah. Higher city. And and folks, folks, you might be going, Micah, Jordan, I thought part of your like f- process 
of understanding movies and criticizing them and making this podcast is to show that the details don't always matter and sometimes you need to have fun with a movie. But this, the reason we are harping on this is this is a series that is obsessed with details. Yeah. And it, and, and yes, you can argue plot points all day long. And I'm not trying to be the guy who's like, plot hole, plot hole, plot hole. Because those kind of conversations suck. Yeah. But these are actual complaints because they break her own rules. Yeah. Saying, oh man, someone in a horror movie should have not gone in a room, that's a plot hole. That's not a plot hole. People go into rooms. Yeah. That doesn't break a rule set up in that world. This is like actual, like poorly written breaking your own rules that you've established unless this is not supposed to take place in the same world as as the nine other movies happened Which or eight know other is not movies true. yeah um okay let's try to get back on track yes so the new they they're rounding up the creatures that he lost yeah so that, Which that's all a, that stuff is fun that's a lot of his arc and he i love the part when they have to go they go to the central park zoo yeah central park yeah. yeah, they go to Central Park. Um, and there's that rhino thing. It, love the sorry. animation. They provide expression very to this thing. Very weird looking thing. Very weird, but very good. Yeah. Very good looking. Um, and funny. A very funny sequence when it starts yeah. chasing Kowalski. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. And, and one, one thing I will say before that scene starts, when the lion shows up in the middle of the street, I was like, I liked that it was a lion and first of all we're pretty sure it was a real lion that they like rotoscoped in or like green screened in or something because it looked real and it was cool that it was a lion because you're like wait that's not a beast yeah that's true and then you're like oh oh it's like in the zoo right now yeah go ahead yeah that that's a that's a good point i like that um, and i like the the scene just before that when niffler is like in the jewelry store yeah and i i just think it's another funny sequence newt just like destroying this jewelry store because he has no regard for it and he just wants the niffler oh yeah back. very funny everything with some the of niffler the shots are very like, like effects are very cool in that scene awesome um kowalski is continues to be very funny yeah in that scene um all that to say at some point they end up at tina's house where they meet her sister and then they're all gonna work together to do stuff um and meanwhile sure. as this That's is all happening fine. uh you find out that colin farrell who works for the ministry the american ministry yeah he is like having a covert operation with ezra miller that you don't know what but is going keep on flashing back to yeah keep flashing back to and it's you you piece together like they're there's some kid that's living among among him that he needs to keep an eye out for it's not good stuff whatever um so, and this, this isn't like in Sicario, how it keeps flashing back to this, this guy and his son that aren't involved in the movie. And you're kind of like, who are these people? Because that movie is about like the effects uh -huh. of the drug trade. And then at the end, when it comes together, you're like, oh, that's really effective. It's really effective. This isn't like that. You're just sitting there like, should I have brought my notebook to the theaters? Yeah. Cause I don't even remember this. Yeah. And, and okay, here's something else. We're just jumping all over the place because Jordan and I really hate this movie. Um, at the end, Colin Farrell turns into Grindelwald. Yeah. So answer me this question. Why did why did Colin Farrell have to be... Why, why couldn't he just be cast as Grindelwald and just be Grindelwald? Man, I don't know. Because there's no... I know you could say, well, he couldn't have the same position, but you're making up the story. Why don't you just like make him go bad the next movie or something? 
Cause yeah, it's yeah, cause just, you're setting it that like you, you could set it at any point in time that you want. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a stupid thing at the end of the movie where all of a sudden it's Johnny Depp who, and he looks, looks so bad. unbelievable. He looks unbelievable and unconvincing. I also thought that was interesting too, in terms of costume design. Um, I think because they were living amongst muggles, like, and they were integrated into like, uh, muggle society, which is just human society. Mm-hmm. Um, they all wore time period outfits. Um, and what's interesting in Harry Potter, they don't like, like kid, oh, yeah. kids wear contemporary outfits. There's that. Mm-hmm. But like most of the professors wear like cool outfits that have and, nothing to do with yeah. it being set in the early two thousands. And it's very cool. And I would say you'd probably, if I went back, which I'm not going to, but if, if you look <laughs> at some of the, the ministry people, maybe some of them wear certain outfits, but I don't even think so. And no, there's just the people at the end who wear the bowler hats. Yeah. Or and the just, toupees. Or, why can't they? Toupees. No, no, it's the hats in them. I think you, or I, I think you should leave <laughs> or those hats he's trying to sell. <laughs> the, the, in the meatballs. He's yeah. Like the mafia <laughs> hats. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> whatever those hats are called. So and we're he, watching that right after yeah. we we press stop on um, this. It's just it's just like they couldn't have given a little bit of flair and quirk at I all. It's now this might be bad. I might mark this to make sure I'm not saying anything bad. But do you think there's a little bit of J.K. Rowling that just hates America? Because that's sort of and I. I I'm not like the I'm not really a patriot myself, but I I feel like there's a little bit of animosity like I don't think it's Americans in this movie. Perhaps that's a there's a chance. I and I don't think this is her fault, but if you want to entertain the thought, I think she's a British person who doesn't live in America. So she like this is what American culture might be to her. Yeah. Of course this is the twenties, it's different. Um and of course there are other people working in that department of yeah. the movie to, to create the setting, um, to look like the twenties in terms of outfits and all that stuff. But also it looks like they never went back and looked at what the people did in the last movies Yeah, to, for fun, like for the fun costume stuff that like makes a character absolutely unique to itself. Yeah. No one feels unique. I feel like Colin Farrell's outfit is probably the coolest. No, Newt's it's a, is the coolest. No, no, Newt's is oh, cool. But Americans. like Colin Farrell is like, his his outfit is kind of what we're talking about. It's like a little weird. Yeah, yeah, I like and his not, outfit. Not twenties, not super twenties style, but with like a tinge of it. Yeah. Um, I think that Newt's outfit's just timeless. Yeah, it's he, very he could cool. wear that any time, and I think it's okay. Um, and I'll I'll say this. Um, as far as like the time of the movie, I don't know why they chose to give Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp a current, like rock band haircut. Yeah, that know. makes no sense to me because that was not popular until like five years ago. And then it had the nail in the coffin when Jeremy Renner had it in Endgame. And I don't think anyone has that haircut anymore. So I maybe that's their one quirky, funny, fun time thing. It just it's like it's just crazy to me that it's like, oh, so I'm going to have to watch five movies of Grindelwald with rock star hair. And I, I think, oh, was Johnny Depp there? And he's like, hey, I want to like kind of cross promote my band, Hollywood Undead or whatever they're called, Hollywood Vampires. So I want to wear this or something. I don't know. <sighs> Let's just skip that yeah. and go straight to the number one scene in the movie that should not be in the movie. And it's when they go to that underground bar oh, and gosh. meet with the goblin. 
So there's one major problem with this scene. It's the biggest problem, besides the fact that it actually has it doesn't make any sense, which I think you're about to cover. Um, Warwick Davis isn't in the scene. Now take over. Yeah. <clears throat> so for the past whole Harry Potter series, there have been like dozens of goblins in certain movies, and they all look amazing. Amazing. <laughs> And so we get to this movie, we get to the scene. I forget the guy's name. I don't even care. But they go under, they, they start it's walking. It's Al Capone the goblin. Sure. They start walking down the stairs and there is a sexy elf house elf singing. Yeah. And then you're thinking, oh, did I ever ask for that? You turn to your friend like, did we ask for this? And your friend's like, I didn't ask for this. Did you ask for this? And you go, no, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. And it's so odd and it's so uh I, I like sort of just offended by it because it's just so out of place and so weird. And why does it have, why, why, why? Yeah. So then they go to, and she's singing the like swanky swank swank. Oh, oh, be ba do ba bow. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we go, they, they meet with the goblin and you're like, oh, crap, it's CGI. It is not Warwick Davis or any other little person and wonderful costume. Why did you not cast Warwick Davis? He's not in this movie. There is a documentary I watched, which I actually hadn't mentioned on the pod. You did, but I haven't yet. That Warwick Davis like goes around the set of Fantastic Beasts. And he's getting up there on, like, one of my favorite actors because he is just genuinely, he's like, oh, what are you guys doing here? Oh, in the old Harry Potter movie, we did this. That's cool that you're doing that, though, now. Oh, man, you got your own wand? That's amazing. He's just so full of life. I love Warwick Davis. Why was he not cast in this movie? Why yeah. was he not that guy? So it's just the CGI dude. And it, and it was he, like, hey, what are you doing in New York? Yeah, huh? it's it's... I just there are no words to express it and and you're also just sitting there like what what are they here for because we're three quarters of the way through this movie and this movie's so long you they, could shave they off get to 45 this point minutes and you're easy. like what are they doing now <laughs> and why they're just they need to extract information that they actually didn't need to extract from anyone yeah the, the, I believe they ask him they're they're like hey do you have any word about this like cra this kid who's like oblivious yeah. or the Obscura. The Obscura, which I don't even think it's called Obscura. Obscural. Obscural, which is a made-up thing that I'm not very interested in. Um, well, that's all made up. It's <laughs> That's not a good criticism. But um, the So they're like, hey, have you heard anything? And he's like, oh, yeah, there's there's like New York's being destroyed right now. And it, oh, you think? Yeah, or 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 no, there was there was like a uh, there was something that happened earlier, and it's in. There's literally a shot of it in newspapers, and they go, and he gives him his bow truckle. Yeah, like his his um, beast friend to the guy in exchange for information on a newspaper, and they're like, "Okay, cool, thanks." What? Cut the scene. Cut yeah. the scene. Cut cut the scene. We if you really felt like you needed to put a goblin in this movie, just wait for the next one. Or if you really feel like you needed to, if you, if you need to do a useless scene, at least let us have fun while we're there yeah. and hire Warwick Davis. And if Warwick Davis is not in Grindelwald, you can bet that there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah. I'm coming straight to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so terrible. So let's just go to, can we just 
I mean, well, what I'm just going to explain the obscure thing. So, <laughs> so basically, um, Eddie, so all of the, the four pals, they all get arrested and Tina and new are going, it, it, I don't really understand what they're doing. My guess is they're going to like take away their magical powers. Mm-hmm. Was that what they were doing? Cause they never, like, it's, it's kind of like they said the aura, like aura word. And you're just like, yeah, they were trapping them in their, their like a prison of their best memory. I think. Oh, I, but that's, it was so confusing because it it's like, sense. hey, do you remember that there's no book on this? So I actually don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the... <laughs> You're so right. They go to this room and they're showing Tina's m- memories, I guess. And this is when you learn that the reason why she's not a lore anymore is because it, she had been investigating the Salem witch lady and um, ex- suspected that she'd been abusing the children. Um, and so she goes to try to save Credence and she gets in trouble for it. Still kind of unclear about that. What? Who can discern that from the muddy water? Yeah. You need some clear water in this movie. She barely like mentions it. A Credence clear water revival. Yeah. Also, Um, why do they need to know each other? That doesn't make sense either. No. It's, it's so First, convoluted. Credence shouldn't be in this movie, and neither should Grindelwald. No, and neither should that whole storyline. No. So, so the reason why Newt's in trouble too is because he has an obscural in his briefcase that he got from a kid in like Africa. Yeah, um, Sudan. That, that so that that's basically his connection to this whole thing. What would be cool is if he didn't have it, and we didn't have to worry about this thing that yeah, i don't like but he does and we're here so they we know that there's an obscure in new york that's what's ter- terrifying terrorizing new york they escape shocker um we find out that credence is the obscure shocker um and uh, an obscure is someone who is trying so hard to suppress their their magic abilities yeah. that they like can't control like it, it becomes this dark force they literally use the words dark force um and that is how this is tied into Star Wars. Okay. But okay. Oh, no. Go, what, do you, what do you got? There was something else I was going to say. Okay. Oh, I, I think that they're, that's, again, them being obsessed with this, like, we exist in, with, we cohabit with muggles. Yeah. Therefore, we, we are, need to try really hard for them not to know that we're wizards and witches. And at some point, people just had to suppress it so much that this dark force happened. Yeah. And it's like, Probably not the right way to go about it. Yeah. Maybe figure out a way to make it work with them or leave or dominate them. And I'm not saying I'm agreeing with any of those things, (laughs) but those are your three options instead of doing the one thing that just doesn't make sense. Well, I I don't agree with you because that's what Harry Potter is. They're all living amongst everybody. Yeah, That's they are, like but the I'm saying this movie is obsessed with like figuring it out. They're they're obsessed yeah. with keeping it. Hush hush. Harry Potter, it's like, yeah, this is a thing and we're fine with it. Like, this is a part of our daily life. Okay. That's how sure, it feels. Sure. But like I feel like in this movie with like it American wizards and witches are just like so obsessed with keeping it on the hush hush. Yeah, okay. When when in Harry Potter that was never like, of course, like I said, there are certain moments and certain stories where it was like Muggle saw you and that's terrible. Yeah. But that was not what the movie was about. I think if it was done better, I would love it. I think. Yeah. It's just um, so convoluted. Okay. So here's my three points that I haven't covered. One, um, the Americans, like in the previous movie, it's a murderer's row of great British actors. I don't understand why this movie isn't a murderer's row of great American actors. Yeah. That's a complaint I have. All you can get is John Voight. 
Yeah. Uh, Which is another, st- uh, yet another storyline in that movie. Yeah. Two, there are CGI raindrops on Dan Fogler at the end when they obliviate him. Um, or when the Guy raindrops obliviate him. He just can't. Um, and then three, here is my fix for the movie. Okay. Fantastic Beast One. It's Newt Scamander. He gets up with Dan Fogler and they have escapades and he's looking for a specific animal that's specifically in America. Or he's just going to take that eagle to Arizona and and he's encountering stuff and it's kind of hijinks ensue, but it's, unlike this movie, charming. Then at the end of the movie, they're like, dude, we got to obliviate you. And, if, oh, go ahead. Just go ahead. And it's like, okay, all right, fine. This sucks. I was involved, but it sucks. They obliviate him. Then he opens his bakery, which they did do in this movie, but I think that it should have ended with the, the same kind of bakery scene acts the, the girl because that whole thing is very annoying. And then the next movie is all about him, like, um, kind of having these visions and stuff like that. And then he goes and, like, finds Newt and, like, becomes maybe the first, like, non-magical magic person. And that is my fix for this movie. And when I think about it, it kind of makes me smile because guess what? It would be charming instead of dark and twisted. You know, it would be interesting, too, if Fogler was a child. I like I like it all. Well, it's just like if if you go on the like fun hijinks thing, like like what if? And this is just another idea. It's not like I think it should be this way. Uh But he comes to America for whatever those various fun reasons are. Uh Runs into this kid who is a wizard, but Muggle-born wizard. So he doesn't come from a magical family, and he runs into Newt, and Newt is like teaching him. Yeah, that would be cool too. You would have to rewrite a lot of other things about it. Oh, yeah. But go on these fun escapades as, like, his apprentice. Yeah. Interesting. And I think it's believable because we're in a different country, different continent. But I think if you want to introduce something new to the universe, you could do, like, a Luke Skywalker thing before you find out that he's, like, before the the midichlorian stuff where it's, like, here's this person who doesn't have magic and he learns it and becomes magical, but he's not of any lineage. That could be a fun and, like, very inspiring story if that's, like, the trilogy, for example. You know what's interesting, too, is uh, I, I just find it that one part in the movie when she she was like, do you know anything about American wizards? And he was going, he's like, I know a couple things. This, this, and I think that, he's like, I know that you guys do not marry non I, I know you guys don't marry muggles, which I think is barbaric. So yeah. their wizard culture is like pure blood. That's so like, and I, part of it I understand is their, their intent is to just keep it safe. Like in terms of like, I, I don't think it's a pure blood reason, uh-huh. but I think it's so that, that we can keep these worlds separate. And I think it's a little intense. Or d- dig into that more, make yeah. that like the, th- cause if you add that to the story of someone who's non magic learning magic. Yeah. There's so much cool stuff there. Yeah. But instead we get like a a story that's one fifth of a story and it's not good. What does his wand made out of? Um, I don't know what it's made out of, but oh. there's no animal products in it is the whole thing. It sounded like there was a lot more to that. Uh, I didn't really care to learn it past what that. So you told me that at the beginning of the movie and then in your mind you're like, let's see if this is worth looking it up more <laughs> after. <laughs> um. Do you have anything else to say? No, I'm done. I think we really covered it. and Very disjointed episode, though. 
I think this is one of our best. No, but I just mean not yeah. very linear in terms of covering the story. I think, Jordan, this was your best episode. Wow. I especially liked what you brought to the conversation. I, I love you very say. much. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, get your episodes early, go to Patreon, get the Cursed Child episode when it comes out, go to patreon.com slash Micah Folks, my album is out. It came out last Woo! Friday, Imbalances. Woo! Please give it a listen. Um, it would mean the world to me. Let me know what you thought. Just message me because, um, I would love to hear what you thought of it. Just a favorite track or... Don't tell me if you hated it, though, because I don't think I could handle that right now. Um, but give it a listen, and if you plan on buying it, just sign up for the Patreon because it'll be cheaper, and I'll send you a download to the album, and you'll get a bunch of extra stuff. And you can cancel And I think anytime, sometimes but... people are intimidated by looking at Patreon and thinking it's a subscription, and they have to be signed up for it for the rest of their life. Yeah, I mean, if it's I, a if... season, that's fine with me. Yeah, so just know if you go on there, if you just want the album... You just want to support him by buying it. Just sign up for that month. Yeah. And then maybe what will keep you sticking around is seeing all the cool other stuff you can get. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm hoping for. If not, you can always buy it on other stuff. I know people don't buy albums anymore, but, um, you know, streaming it does help. It doesn't, it doesn't pay for anything, but it does help. Um, so um, thank you for listening. This was a fun episode. I think when we have the bad movies that we don't like, sometimes they're better episodes because we have so much to so say. Too. And um, that means I hope that means next episode is going to be really good. I think we might be too exhausted. I think so too. Because <laughs> I can't imagine watching a two and a half hour movie with. It's two and a half hours. Well, no, it's two hours and seventeen minutes. Um, I can't imagine watching that with with Johnny Depp in his current state in his career. And enjoying it. I just can't imagine those two things lining up. Okay, let's get this over with. Now All right. I know that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure and subscribe and leave a comment. That would be awesome, too. Please. Bye. Thanks.